give your love for Jesus who died and is now gone above. We praise you, O oh God, for your spirit of light who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, find the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, find the glory. Revive us again. Hallelujah.
many of you searching some as many of these people that are here today and, and, and the people online as well there's people searching and I'm thankful for the ones that, that know the Lord that found the Lord that knows the Lord and are living in the Lord but if you're on the fringes if you're outside I pray you find the perfect will of God in your life today seek him you will find him
for that promise. Mm -mm. Do you know the goodness of the Lord? Do you know the goodness of the Lord? Do you know what it feels like not to know the goodness of the Lord? Do you remember that? Know Him today. He's our strength. Is strong. Know the Lord today. Before the day's over, invite the Lord into your heart. If you don't know Him and have a personal relationship with Him, God changed my life. I keep saying that over and over and over and over, but I can't say it enough. I was 35 years old. The Lord knocked on my heart hard one night, and I and I said, Lord, whatever. I opened my heart, I opened my mind, I opened all everything up to the Lord. Lord, what would you have? And, the, and He spoke to me. <laughs> Yep. And, and I accepted the Lord that night, 35 years old. And I was going this way. And that night, I turned around. I'm, going, I'm still going that way. I'm still going that way. And I want that for every person in here. I want that for all of you. I mean, maybe we're all going more this way, but I don't know. I feel like some of us are going this way. <laughs> don't fall off that cliff. But... The Lord changed my life, and he's blessed me with a marriage for over 40 years. I'm blessed. The Lord has changed my life. He's changed my marriage, my family, and I'm just, I'm babbling, and I'm sorry. Kind of. So, I'm not going to say anything about pants today, Rick. So, I, a lot of times I come up, and I don't know what I'm going to say. I just pray, the Lord, just give me words to speak. As, as we worship you and we praise you. Just give me words to speak. And I, my, my words, I hope, is, are encouraging. That I, want, I want everybody to have the life, the best life in the Lord that they can. So I pray that for all of you guys this morning. Find someone and give them a big old smile and say good morning, hug and a handshake. Give them a good morning. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Morning. First time guests. If you are our very first time with us at Orchardville Church, maybe your second time and we didn't get to see you last week or recognize you, raise your hand real quick. First time here today. Right over here. Right over here. Over here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us today. For whatever reason you were here, God ordained it. So we pray that you are blessed by the words that are saying and the worship that we've been given. And from the word that's about to come here in just a few minutes. Uh, but if you'll fill out the card in front of you in that seat in front of you, it's called the card. Just turn that in at the welcome desk. We have a gift for you. Just a little thank you uh, for being with us today and show our appreciation for you. I need you guys to do something for me. I need you to throw your hands up like this. And I need to say, I need you to say, I love you, Rick. I love you, Rick. No matter what. No, I mean this. And then I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And Missy, go ahead and start our little sermon title. Still love you, Rick. Still love you, Rick. And I know some of my people in here, 
They're probably like, what is he doing? I'm talking to the deacons after church. <laughs> Go ahead. That was all Christian music, so just muzzle your style. I don't think there's any styles in heaven on the worship either. So. Or there wasn't when Jesus walked the earth. So, anyway, sick of it. We are, this was going to be a one-week thing, and then I got to thinking last night. I left here about 12.30 this morning, and I got to thinking that I cannot cover all the junk and messed up stuff that's going on in the world right now in one Sunday morning in 30 minutes. So I decided this is going to be a long series, and we'll probably finish it next year about this time. <laughs> Because if you know the world right now, it is crazy, it is messed up, and there are some things that make zero sense that have happened in the past 15 to 20 years that leave us scratching our heads and saying, how did we get here? But we know the Bible talks about it, right? So again, this new series, um, and I want to start this series by saying, as your pastor, I shouldn't have to worry about losing people when I talk about the issues that are confronting our world today and confronting us as Christians. It's okay. Go ahead. And a pastor friend of mine had, had posted this a couple years ago, but if we aren't ready to filter our lifestyles and political and cultural beliefs through the lens of scripture and change them if they need changing, if we're not ready to do that, we're not ready to call ourselves followers of Jesus. Okay? You do not become a follower of Jesus until you understand that the word of God is the authority over our lives. If you don't read this, you don't know the authority that God has over our lives. You don't understand it, okay? It's the authority over this world. It's the authority over everything that is wrong in our country, in our homes, and even our churches, okay? You have got to get that settled in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart, that God's word is truth, and that's what we go by. If you don't, you will get offended at me today. I'm just going to tell you, you're going to get offended at God and his word over the things we're going to discuss over the next however many weeks. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to hit on topics head on with scriptural references to bring truth to those topics. I'm not just going to say things from a, a vicious attacking way. I'm going to show you what the word of God says. Okay. As your pastor, I have to have a backbone for standing up for what is truth especially with the things that are happening in our society. The things that our world is accepting that are contrary to the word of God. And if I don't, it's as if I want to sit back and accept it just like our world does. And I do not condone, I don't affirm, I won't overlook anything that goes against the word of God. And that's okay. Right? The devil is working so hard to try and convince us that sin is normal and we should change our ways. The world is saying we should change our ways. This is not normal, the state of our society today. It's not. We need to be opening up our Bibles. We need to be praying consistently. We need God to keep our minds focused and lead us away from the distractions and the confusion of the enemy. Yes. Wednesday nights, we've been studying Colossians. For those of you that love the Lord and are here on Wednesdays. <laughs> Just not this Wednesday. We've been studying Colossians together and Paul was encouraging them not to give in to the things of the world, to stand firm and don't conform or don't accept new normal that the world is trying to push on us, that the government is trying to push on us. Even some churches have let creep into their church house. We've got to stand on the word of God and its truth in this sickening time that we live in. And I, for one, am sick of it. Again, not attacking people. I'm attacking the way our world is as a whole. I'm sick of it. But also knowing that the Bible tells us it's going to be this way. And to take heart because Jesus overcame the world. We can do that same thing. But I can also be sick of it and seeing it. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. 
Romans chapter one, we're going to be in, I'm going to read a little bit from 16 to 32, so be patient. Romans 1, 16 to 32. If you didn't know who that band was, that was Skillet. They've been around since I was three, I think. <laughs> That's probably some truth to that, but. And I can tell you, the front man for Skillet is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Romans 1, 16 through 32. Here we go. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We need to get that in us. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools." And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Verse 24. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, in the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the cre creature rather than creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> that is our world right now. Paul in this, in this scripture was talking about Rome and what a terrible, non-godly place it was. It was an awful condition. And Paul was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus and was not afraid to stand up for God in the middle of it. And to many of us, myself included, we can see what a mess our world is in. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. How evil it is, and we sit back as people of God and a lot of us are doing nothing. We are just accepting it that this is the way it is. We say nothing. Or shame on us, we are sometimes part of the problem as supposed believers. Are we ashamed of the gospel of Jesus? Five people are not. Is that why we sit back and tolerate all of this nonsense? And again, for me, I'm sick of it. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Without the power of the gospel, this is a dead book. But Jesus is who he said he was, who he said he is now. He is. So this book is alive and it's active and it's our weapon. It is our, our 
way of life. It is the authority over us. But the gospel is only for those who believe. When you prepare medicine, isn't it, it isn't any good for you unless you take it, right? And so many people outside the church and inside the church are not taking Jesus at his word and are looking for other things to fill their lives, and I'm sick of it. For myself and for anyone else who is ashamed to live out their life for Jesus. I'm putting some blame on myself. That I can, I can do more for the Lord and not sit back and just accept it. I can be outside. Yeah, I preach on Sundays. I teach on Wednesdays. But I can be doing more for the kingdom of God outside of here. This is a safe place for me. Out here is where we really need to go to war. And on our knees in prayer. Most everyone knows of God, so we have no excuses on why we don't shine his light. When the truth of Jesus is forsaken, sin runs wild. For some people, it seems the truth of Jesus and what he did for them is not enough to satisfy them. Are you kidding me? How is Jesus dying on the cross for your sins and giving you a brand new start no matter how bad and evil you were? How is that not worth shining his light in this dark world? People need other things. And I'm here to tell you that we don't need anything but Jesus. And if he's all we've got, then that's all we need. When we... <laughs> When we hear of things that are going against God and the righteousness of God, we should speak up against it in love. Now, I hit on this Wednesday that there are so many memes and things that people share on Facebook just to get a dig in at somebody else. Where there's no love, there's no scripture, there's no Jesus coming out of that. Okay, we need to do this in love as we speak up for God. It's not a time to keep our mouth shut about the light of Jesus that shines on the darkness of sin. We have to share the truth. And God is not to be blamed for the state of our world. Okay? He has offered the solution. Man's selfishness and sinful desires have neglected God and pursued instead the pleasures of this world. That's what's happening. They have given themselves up to a reprobate mind, which means a morally corrupt mind. That's what people are choosing right now. And if you think that we should compromise God's word and welcome the sin of this world into our hearts in the church and let it change the truth of God's word in us, you are sadly mistaken this morning. You are drinking the bait of Satan and you need to stop and vomit that crap out. Oops. (laughs) Sinners are welcome here. They're welcome here. This is a place for sinners to come and find freedom in Jesus and salvation in Jesus. They can receive that from him and the love from Jesus in our church. But as the pastor, I will not allow the compromise of God's words to have even the smallest foothold in this house. We're not going to go against God. We're not going to be convinced that God's word has lost its power and that we need to change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we will not be silent about who he is and what his word says. There are many, many, many people, even in this house right now, that have the knowledge of God, but they do not retain it when the lusts of this world come along. There are some of you in here that repeatedly, you will come up here, you will try to lay things down, but the lust of the world entices you back, and the knowledge of God is not enough for you to keep away from it. You keep going back. When the Holy Spirit is screaming at you to stop what you're doing, you had better listen because he guides us into truth and wants the best for us. You can't just know him, you have to acknowledge him. Okay, there are believers in this room, again, that know of God, but you still choose to sin against him. Despite everything he's done, you still choose the sin. You reject what he's done for you and the freedom that he offers. And if you want to choose the things of the world, God will let you do what you want to do. He will not force you to love him. He will not force you to obey his word. 
You can ignore the Holy Spirit, but whatever bed you make, you can be sure you're going to lie in it. And I'm so sick of what our world has turned us into, but I am not, again, I'm not surprised by it. The devil is the ruler of this world. It's talked about in John 14, 30. So I want to look at some of the things that are happening in our world right now. And again, I was going to try to list like 712 on a Sunday morning. So instead, I'm going to do four and we'll get there to 712. I don't know how many weeks this is going to take because there's a lot of junk going on. And again, I'm, I'm pointing out sin. I'm pointing out issues. I'm pointing out compromises. I'm, I'm pointing out neglecting God. So don't get mad at the messenger if it hits you with conviction this morning or in the weeks ahead. Okay. My prayer is that if I point something out and it resonates or sounds like you, you evaluate that and let God fix it. Some of you may get offended because your heart isn't in the right place when I talk about these things. I can't worry about that. <laughs> I've been called to lead the church for this season, and while I lead it, we're not going to back down from sin. We're not going to choose laziness in our walk with God. We will not lack hunger for God. We will not tolerate the things the world wants us to tolerate. And it's not hate speech, it's the word of God. I don't care what people say. We should want to be holy and set apart as Jesus was. We have lost our way and we need to get back on the path of right living and consistent pursuit of Jesus. So here we go. Some things I'm getting tired of in this current state of the world. And believe me, as a pastor, as a leader, there is a side of this that is difficult. Because the human side of you wants to worry about, oh, but the spiritual side of you says, rise up, child of God, and do what you're called to do. Don't compromise. So, since we're in the month of June, let's start with one thing I'm sick of hearing about. Yes. Pride month. Yes. Don't be clapping just because you want to get a dig in. All right. Should we celebrate gay pride as believers? No, it's a terrible thing to support. You know why? Simple. God says, Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction. There it is. You said, well, that's not really, there it is. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Is all pride bad? No, it's not. Parents can be proud of good conduct by their children. Hopefully you have that. If not, that's another message. And Paul is quoted as saying, I take great pride in you to the Corinthian church. There is pride that the Bible condemns though. And then pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride and haughtiness go before a fall. Pride month demands that people be proud of it and celebrate it. Not me. I cannot celebrate and be proud of something that goes against God's word. I can't do it. Matthew 19 verses four and five. I'm going to go quick because I think I'm going to talk long. That's okay. And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female yes. and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Amen. Jesus is saying here that he agrees with God's plan from all the way back in Genesis. And this goes with the transgender stuff out there too. God made us either male or female. When we are born, we are exactly what God wanted us to be. So to tag off of that, I'm sick of hearing about how you should be able to choose your own stinking bathroom that you feel comfortable with. Go in the bathroom that fits the plumbing God gave you. Drug and alcohol addiction. Let's move on. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has the power to set you free and break off the addiction of drugs and alcohol in your life. Amen. How many can say amen to that? Amen. 
First Thessalonians 5, 6 through 8. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are the, of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. You will not stay sober unless you keep your guard up. I am so proud of the people that have been able to keep your guard up and stay sober. Some a couple weeks, some 82 days, as I heard this morning, some four years, some 20 years. I am proud of you. God is proud of you. It is him. It is him and only him and his Holy Spirit that is doing that in your life. Now, if you're in here and you are struggling with addiction right now, God loves you. God can do the same for you that he's done for so many people in this room this morning. He can set you free and you can get out of that addiction. He wants to do that for you. Keep your appetite for the things of this world down and the character of Jesus in you up. Okay? As you fight those addictions. We've got to arm ourselves against the weapons of the enemy, and the word of God is your weapon. Know who you are in Christ. People struggling with addiction often feel worthless, and or, or they wonder how can they ever live a meaningful life again. Jesus is the source of all peace, and by listening closely to what he says to you, someone struggling with addiction can experience an unconditional love that will help you truly recover. You can experience that this morning. Here's another tough one to talk about. Porn addiction. I'm going after all kinds of stuff in the next several weeks, guys. Because we have walked around defeated and and giving in to the enemy. And I'm talking about in the church, too. We are struggling with things that we do not need to keep dabbling in. The Bible talks about things like adultery, sexual immorality, and temptation. We cannot give in to the desires of the flesh. 1 John 2:16 For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of this world. 1 Corinthians 6:18 Flee sexual immorality. Flee it. Run from it. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. More than 50% of Christian men and 33% of Christian women struggle with porn. Half, half of all Christians. Porn diminishes the beauty that God intended for sexuality. It degrades humanity and it brings all kinds of hurt and brokenness into our lives and to those that are closest to us. And I know this this topic is porn, but, but we need to flee from all sexual sin. If you're in here and you are having sex and you are not married, you are living in sin. Sit on that one for a second. You are deliberately living in sin if you're dating, if you're shacking up and you're sleeping together, you are sinning against God. Don't say God blesses you in your life as you deliberately go against his word. And please take these things in love because I don't want you to go down a road of destruction. That's why I'm preaching this. That's why I want God's truth to come through because I want people to get a hold of the freedom that's in Jesus. If you think that God is blessing your life as you deliberately go against him, whatever it is, that's stinking thinking. Oh, thank you, God, for allowing me and my boyfriend to shack up together and have sex in your presence as you shower down your blessings on us. So stupid. That makes zero sense to me, and you are mocking God. And I've seen it. I've seen people post crap like that. I said crap again. Stuff like that, that thank you, God, for blessing me with this person. As we fornicate before you. And I I can speak into this because this was me before I was married. I was having sex with people. 
So don't think, oh, Rick, Mr. High and Mighty up there, I, I was this person. I was having sex with my girlfriends before I got married. That was me. So I understand. And a little bit, you guys have heard my story. I had to tell Sarah because I knew she was a virgin. I knew she was pure. I knew she was holding out for marriage. I had to explain to her three weeks into our relationship, if that's what she wanted in a future spouse, it was not me. And that's a tough talk to have with people. But I wanted her to know this is, this is not me. I am sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm walking the way I need to walk now. I'm, I'm understanding my relationship with God. He's forgiven me for those things. So you can see now. July rolls around 7th. We've got 22 years together. So thank God she said it's okay. She offered me the same forgiveness that God offers us. And if you're confused, teens on fornicate, it's two people not married to each other having sexual intercourse. And it's sin, so stop it. Back to the porn topic. If you want to get out of the hole that you're digging with addiction to porn, put down the shovel. Okay? Get rid of it all. And the ability to get access to it. It's one of the worst things about cell phones for people, for teenagers. But Rick, I have to have my phone. Not if it's destroying you. It's not worth it. We survived without them for how many years? Get an accountability partner. Somebody's going to check up on you and check things for you. Get all that junk out of your life. Don't compromise. Let God strengthen you so you can withstand the attacks of the enemy. I don't want to let somebody else know I deal with that. What? This is a place where you can admit your struggles and your shortcomings before your brothers and sisters in Christ. Or at least it should be. Without another topic we'll get to in a minute. Right? You should be able to go to somebody and say, I need some help with this. Will you help me? And they should say, yes, between me and you, we're going to get through this. And I'm not going to say a word to anybody about it. Because it's not my place. Here we go. Gossip. It's going to be random. Again, there's a lot of them, 612 or whatever I said. Gossip is a serious matter. People's reputations can be destroyed in seconds with gossip. Anybody guilty of it? I better see every stinking hand in this place go up. Avoid sharing gossip and any opportunities to spread it. The Navy says it like this. Loose lips sink ships. Gossip is saying something, even if it's true, with the intent to cause personal harm to somebody. And we're all probably guilty of this, okay? We pass on information which, while it may be true, is not necessary, nor is it helping anyone. Some of you just like to talk. And be in the know and, and want to know all the scoop and the tea. Is that still a thing? You want to know the tea. Spill the tea. Sorry, most of you guys in here are like, what does that mean? That's a teen thing. At least it was six months ago. It probably changed to something else. <laughs> it's best not to say anything rather than be a gossip. And gossip is everywhere now. It's in this church. I'm telling you, we, we mess up, we make mistakes, we gossip, so it's in here. It's everywhere. Phones, texting, social media, emails, happens in our homes, happens in our churches, and it destroys people's lives. Stop it. I'm sick of it. Myself included, all right? Think about it. Proverbs 16, 28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. If you're this person, you're a troublemaker, Gossip separates the best of friends. Just the Bible. Proverbs 26, 20. Fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. So here's a good question to ask yourself when thinking about gossip. If I'm talking about someone, first of all, why am I doing it? Why am I talking about them? Is it to help them or is it to hurt them? Am I trying to make myself look good and feel good because I can talk bad about somebody else? Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Praise team, come on back up. 
please. I'm serious, I don't know how long this is going to go, but I'm going to enjoy it. Not for the sake of attacking, for the sake of bringing the word of God to the surface of our lives and understanding there's the things that are going on in this world are not normal. They are expected based on the word of God, but they are not normal. And, and, and we need to bring the word of God, the word of truth, especially to people in our own church house that may be struggling with things. We need to know where we can look in God's word and see this does not line up for my life. If you guys will stand this morning. And I'm, I'm going to encourage you right now to start praying. Okay, start praying for people in this church house. And I know, and I said this in the beginning, my intent, if you are offended by anything I said today, you're offended against the word of God. I'm not, I'm not here to attack people. I'm here to tell you that our world is messed up. It's sickening. And we should be sick of it as believers. And I, I love you guys. I love, I love people. I love you if I don't even know you. Because that's the f- kind of love the Father has for us. That it, it goes out to other people. It just flows out of us because of what he's poured into us. So whether I've known you for 40 years or I've known you for 30 minutes today, I love you because God's put that love inside of me. If you're mixed up in anything this morning that we've discussed, God loves you. You need to settle that right now in your heart that God loves me. God loves me, despite what I'm mixed up in right now. God loves me. There's nothing you can ever do to make him love you less. He is for you. He offers an abundance of mercy and grace and forgiveness for whatever it is right now. If you fall, he's not going to kick you while you're down. He loves us in our darkest moments he loves us when things are great and his love for us is unconditional you don't have to do anything to earn it and because he loves you however he will not tolerate sin in your life he has so much more for you today than for you to remain in bondage to things that are destroying you, destroying your family, destroying your marriage, destroying friendships. He has so much more for you. And you can have a new identity in Christ this morning. You may not know anything that we've been singing about. You may not know what we've been talking about. You may not know Jesus as your savior today, but you can. God sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die on the cross for you. To take the sins that you're mixed up in right now, to take them upon him, nailed to the cross, crucified for you. And three days later, he rose from the grave and he lives forevermore. And his Holy Spirit was left to us to be able to overcome the world. God wants you to get rid of all that old junk in your life that needs to go this morning. And he wants to heal you and give you freedom today. So as they sing and you guys continue to pray, there are people's eternities at stake right now. So I want want you to be quiet. I want you to pray. I want you to focus on the Lord. And I want us to just seek him right now for people that are struggling, that they would respond to God's call in their life right now. They wouldn't stay in the things that they're mixed up in. If it's any of the four things that I talked about today or whatever it is, that you'd respond and come. Father, we just give the rest of this service to you. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Work on hearts and minds. Bring freedom and liberty to people today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's pray.
just share something as as I'm preaching on this and we're doing this series. I've seen over the years that a lot of pastors will preach things like this for the applause of people. And those applause of people are sometimes motivated by hate for the sin instead of love for the person that's mixed up in it. A lot of the clapping, I don't don't need clapping to preach. It's God's word. It preaches itself. I don't need to be affirmed by claps or anything. But I'm saying a lot of times when I see those pastors preach this very thing just to get some attaboys from their their congregation. I'm not about that. I I don't need that. I'm preaching it from a place of love because our world is a terrible place right now. There are some good things. There are good people. There's good people in this room. But our society and the state of our world is messed up. And we need to bring truth to things that people are struggling with. And we need to do it in love. And we need to understand that God's word is our direction. It's the truth. And they need to understand his love that pours out of this book for us. And I also want to say, so as I go through this, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing this again from a place of hate or condemnation. I'm doing it from a place that we need to line up our lives as true followers of Jesus to this. This is what, this is what we need to line up with. And as I was praying, one of the things, and, and we'll talk about this some, I'm sure, through the weeks, but there are some marriages in this house right now that are struggling. In the house of God, we go through hurts, we go through pains, we go through struggles, but there are, it's heavy on my heart this morning that there are marriages that are, that are struggling in the house of the Lord right now. And you need to understand that somewhere along the way, you got off course. And whoever you are in here this morning, who, whatever marriage it is I'm talking about that God's speaking through right now, he can fix it. And it takes both of you in that marriage to say, God, we give this again back to you. Give us the direction we need. Father, help us forgive the hurts and the mistakes that were made. And Lord, be the center of our marriage. And both people have to agree that I don't want to quit because God brought us together. And what God brings together, let no one put us under, right? So whatever it is, if you're struggling, I'm not going to call you up here. I want you to call me this week or talk to me if it's you. Because I, I don't want to see that for your marriage. I don't want to see people give up and quit. Because we know that's not what God wants. So I just wanted to speak into that real quick. If that's for you, grab a hold of it. Let's talk this week. Let's work through some things. Let's let God restore and redeem things that are broken. He's perfect in that. Love you guys so much. I appreciate you. And again, I'm, I'm not coming from a place of hate um, in this series. Please, I mean, if you get offended, you get offended. I'm not trying to sound cruel in that. It's true. It's God's word. Just evaluate. If it, it, if it rubbed you the wrong way today, then evaluate your heart and see if it lines up with this. 